2: God spoke to Joshua and he gives Joshua a great commission. He says, study the book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. So God told Joshua, meditate on the word Joshua day and night. This is the way that you will prosper. Joshua was a warrior God had a divine assignment for his life. God wanted Joshua to do great things on his behalf. He needed to have a close relationship with him to be able to lead him and to guide him. This is revelation power in the word of God. The spirit of God is in his word. God wanted Joshua to experience his unlimited power and to give Israel the promised land. He wants to do the same thing for you. He wants to do for you what you have only dreamed of. And he wants you to experience his unlimited power. He wants to take you to higher heights and deeper depths. In your relationship with him, just as he did with Joshua, this leads to great success. But why? Why did he tell Joshua, meditate on the word day and night? This would bring Joshua to a place where he would be able to speak and command things to happen and supernaturally they would take place. God was telling him, meditate on me. When you meditate, you draw close to me, Joshua. Every good and perfect gift cometh down from the father of light. If we meditate on good things, nothing will distract us from what God has for us to do. Heaven and earth will pass away. But his word will never fail. It will never pass away. So he told Joshua, meditate on this. Remember what the Lord said to him? Moses, my servant is dead. You, Joshua, are the new leader of Israel. So now he gives Joshua the instructions for success as a great leader. Meditate on the word. Do not let it depart from your mouth. Stay continually in the word day and night. He's telling Joshua, meditate on good things. Keep your mind away from evil. Don't think negative. Meditate on the good and you will draw strength from this. This is what he was trying to tell Joshua. But today I say to you, you may be right in the midst of a trial. Your circumstances may be difficult, but I've cried enough tears to tell you that God will never leave you and never forsake you. And deep water and in great trouble, He has called you by name. Isaiah forty nine fifteen says, "Would a mother forget the child that she has nursed? Surely she would not. Neither will have I forgotten you. See, I have written your name on the palm." Of my hand. Oh, he loves you. Shut Satan up. Shut him down. Don't give him a voice. He is a defeated foe. Don't listen to anything that he has to say. Stay in the word of God. God tells Joshua, no one will be able to stop you as long as you live. I will be with you just as I was with Moses. I will never leave you, Joshua, and I will never stop helping you. Joshua 1.5. That's what he's saying to you today through this message. I'm not going to leave you. I have not left you in the midst of your trials. I will be with you no matter what you go through. I will be in the midst of your circumstances. Joshua 1.5. You need only to be strong and brave. Joshua 1, seven. You must obey the law to the letter. Every law that I gave Moses is now given unto you. That's what he's saying to him. And if you obey everyone, you will succeed in all that you do. I am with you. I am with you just as I was with Moses and I am not going to leave you and I will never stop helping you. That's his message for you today. God tells Joshua, all that you do, I'm beside you. And he gives Joshua specific instructions. And those are the instructions that he's giving to you. He's speaking to the warrior in you. If your spirit feels faint and maybe you feel weak, he sends me with a message for you today to tell you there's a warrior inside of you. He gives specific instructions to the warrior. He says, meditate on the word. Think about it every day and every night. That way, you will be sure to obey it. And then, warrior, you will succeed in all that you do. Then he says, be brave, be strong. Don't be afraid. Don't doubt God because he is with you wherever you go. God wants you to take heart in this message today. Maybe you're going through something or you're beside someone's side. And what they are going through is a fierce battle. It could be financial, it could be divorce, maybe loss of a job, health issues, maybe betrayal, maybe even death. But God sent me with a word for you. Don't give up. Don't doubt that God is with you. Joshua 1, 9. Be brave. Be strong. Don't be afraid or doubt. God is with you wherever you go. Oh, my goodness. That's a powerful message for the warrior in you. He wants to revive you today. I remember one day when my son and I, my sons actually took a long car journey, you know. And and before we left, my husband and I were going to take the kids on summer vacation. Well, my husband ended up having to work and couldn't get off. But we had promised the kids this long drive across country in the summer vacation to take them to some relatives to spend the summer. So I finally convinced my husband, I can do this. I can drive them. The boys and I can go across country. Well, it seemed like I had to pry his fingers one at a time to get the car keys out of his hand to let us do this. Well, finally, he agrees. The guys and I jump in the car. We had a brand new car. We're safe. I can do this. We're going across country. Well, we get into a small town because we stopped, you know, for a rest break. And when we got ready to leave, it wasn't as clear to me, like, uh, which road should we take to get out of here? So we asked directions. And we got directions. And the guys and I jumped back in the car with a full tank of gas. We jump into the car And we're leaving this little country town and we go down the road that's supposed to leave us to the freeway. Well, it led us towards the freeway. But as we're driving down the road, it's actually parallel to the freeway and we're driving and driving. But there isn't a ramp. It doesn't leave us up onto the freeway. So we continue to drive. And I said to my son, I said, you know, I'm not sure about this road. I'm thinking it's not going to lead us up onto the freeway, but we could see the freeway as we're driving past. And my son reassured me, he was 16, he was doing the driving. He said, no, 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 it's fine. It's going to lead us. That guy back there told us, and it's going to lead us up to the freeway, and and we're going to be fine. So I said, okay, okay, well, maybe you're right. So we drove a while longer, and a while longer, and a while longer. And so I'm getting this doubt in my mind, and all of a sudden, The Holy Spirit spoke to me within my spirit. He said, turn around and go back the way that you came. So I said to my son, I said, we need to turn this car around and go back the way we came. He said, no, 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 no. It's going to be fine. I said, we've been driving a long time. And the Lord said, turn this car around, son, and go back the way that we came. He said, "Okay, okay." So we turned around and we went back. I'm telling you, we were heading straight into wilderness. There was nothing out there. And we had driven for quite a while. When we got back into town and we stopped and we asked a different person at a different store, you know, the way to get up on the freeway. And they explained it to us. And we said, okay, we wrote that down. And then as we were walking out, I turned and I asked a gentleman, I said, you know, there's a road out there that we went down. And he said, where was it? And I described it. He said, oh, ma'am, if you had kept going down that road, that road was never going to take you to the freeway you were going to end up out in the middle of nowhere. And I don't even know what's out there. Nobody goes down that road. How did you do that? And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I thank God that when we commune with him, that when we keep our mind on him, that he speaks to us within our spirit. When we never fail to consult him, I'll tell you what. He will always lead and guide us because I was praying as we're going down that road because I was wondering the longer we were on it, where we were going to end up. I'll tell you what, when we commune and meditate on the word of God, he will never leave us or forsake us. Joshua took a great victory over the city of Jericho in Joshua 6. However, after that, he suffers a great defeat. Joshua goes into battle. Without communion with God, he did not counsel with God before he went into this battle. So Israel had a great army, as many as 3000 soldiers, but he suffered a terrible defeat and many of the soldiers died and Israel was ashamed. Joshua was devastated because he had such rapid disgrace and defeat. Joshua went to the Lord in prayer. Now watch how he handles this. He goes face down, the Bible says, and he was there until evening. Is that how we handle our battles? That's Joshua seven, six to nine. Joshua's heart was full of anguish. And the Bible says he rent his clothes and began to cry out to God. Joshua cried out to the Lord. Why have you brought us over the Jordan River? You brought us all the way over here for the Amorites to kill us and to defeat us. I'm paraphrasing, if you will. Joshua says, we were content. Why were we content with where we were? Why have you brought us here? And now we have had to flee from our enemies and all the nations are going to hear about this. This is what Joshua is telling God. And when they do, they're going to hear and we're going to be surrounded by our enemies they will attack us and they're going to wipe us out and then Lord what will happen to your glorious name Joshua he was blaming God and accusing God of failing them and delivering them into the hands of their enemies he believed that God had not kept his promise but in this prayer the key is Joshua was pouring out his heart of despair to God and he presented to God the honor Of his name, Joshua knew that God always wants to receive the glory. Joshua wanted God to remember that when all the other nearby nations heard about the defeat of Israel, that they would think that God had abandoned Israel and then the people would come and wipe out Israel. Then what would happen to God's glorious name? Joshua was drawing God into his prayer Joshua understood that God always wants to receive the glory for what he does. So he reminded God, what will happen to your name? When all this is heard, they'll know you left Israel and you allow us to be defeated. He drew God into his prayer by praying that way. When we draw God into our prayer, something happens. Remember Hannah? She wanted a child in first Samuel. God needed a priest and a prophet for Israel. Hannah knew this. So Hannah drew God into her prayer. She said, if you give me a son to give to my husband, I will give him back to you. God needed a priest and a prophet. And Hannah was barren and she needed a son to give to her husband. She drew God into her prayer and she made a promise to God. She said, if you would give me a son, I will give him back to you. You see, because prior to this, Hannah was being made fun of that she was barren. And the Bible says that each year when they went to the temple to worship, when they went there, Hannah was grieving and she was in great despair. But one particular year, Hannah prays. And right after she praised that prayer, Hannah is no longer in despair and bewildered. Before she receives the answer to the prayer, the Bible shows us how much joy Hannah walked in after she had prayed that prayer Hannah received her son Samuel and he grew up under the priest Eli and he became a prophet for Israel and a priest remember my son who was ill and dying a newborn baby and five doctors came to say that he could not live that he would not make it but there was something in my spirit that just wouldn't allow me to let him go. And he laid in intensive care, dying. And I went to the Lord in prayer. And I said to him, If you would but take this death sentence off of his head and give him life, I will devote him back to you all the days of his life that he is under my authority. I will teach him the word of God. He will know the Bible backwards and forward. He will know the Bible stories. He will know every book of the Bible. He will know your word, God, and he will pray. I will teach him to pray. And then I said, Lord, I just ask one thing of you. When he comes of his own authority, I will have fulfilled my promise. And then I ask that you no longer hold me accountable for his walk, because then he will be responsible for his walk with you for the rest of his life. Do you know that God answered my prayer right there at Houston's Medical Center in Methodist Hospital. That dying baby began to get well. Oh, my goodness. He came home from the hospital, and he grew up. He went to college, undergraduate, graduated magnum cum laude, and then went on to graduate school. Oh, my goodness. God healed him completely and totally. That's what God did through that prayer. We draw God into our prayer powerful things happen. I have learned to give God what he wants, and then he gives me what I want. God made it clear to Joshua that the reason that he was defeated, it wasn't because God had forsaken him, it was because there was sin among them. That when they went and they fought for Jericho, that one of the men in their camp had taken spoils from Jericho and had hid it for himself. God said, as long as there was sin among them, they would not be able to stand victorious over their enemies. Joshua was to take care of that sin situation immediately. Joshua rose up and he was quick to deal with the sin that was in the camp. And the army again had a tremendous victory after that. They fought the same enemy and they won. We can never allow unconfessed sin to stay in our lives. It'll ground our prayers. It will hinder our success. David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, then the Lord will not hear my prayer. He's speaking to the warrior within you. This is the season in the fall of the year for repentance, confession, fasting, in prayer, with prayers heard in heaven, we seek God in weeping and in prayer during this time of the year with a sincere heart. And we ask everyone who we think that we maybe have offended or even someone who has offended us. We ask for their forgiveness. Isaiah forty three twenty five to 26. And yes, I am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake. And remembers your sin no more. Remind me. Let us argue the matter together. State your case so that you may be vindicated. The Lord is saying, come to me. Let's talk it over. Let's reason together. Show me why I should forgive your sin. Show me. Let me know. Let us plead together that thou mayest be justified. Isaiah 1 and 18. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Correct the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Oh, my goodness. It's so powerful. God is telling us what gets his attention. And this is the time of year every year where we do just these things. The Bible says, blessed is the peacemaker. We seek confession, repentance and forgiveness. There's nothing wrong with saying you're sorry when you haven't done anything wrong. Because the Bible said, Blessed is the peacemaker, not the peace breaker. Even though you may have not have done anything wrong, it's okay to say you're sorry for the sake of making peace. God's talking to the warrior within you. You were made for victory, and He wants you to experience His unlimited power through prayer. Joshua prayed, and the sun stood still. And it did not go down so that they could win the battle and defeat their enemies. Joshua was quick to deal with sin. He communed with God and stayed in the word and meditated upon it day and night. Joshua was a warrior and a man of prayer. God speaking to the warrior within you. He's saying meditate on the word day and night. So that you will not sin against it and it will not depart from your mouth. Then you will have confidence when you pray. All sin will be set behind you. It is the greatest hindrance to prayer, unforgiveness and sin. God wants to fight your battles and defeat your enemies. This is a powerful time of year at prayers heard in heaven. We do this every fall. I invite you use this time for repentance fasting and praying during the month of September and the first week of October. Join us as we fast and pray and seek the Lord. I want to tell you that when the Holy spirit tells me to go face down, that's what I do. And every time he has told me to go face down, he has answered that prayer because when he tells me to go face down, the Holy spirit makes intercession for whatever I'm praying about. Maybe you can't go face down, but maybe you can lie out on your bed and seek the Lord for whatever the need is. He tells us to come before Him in weeping and praying, seeking His face. When we pray this way, the Holy Spirit makes intercession. He will call things to your remembrance because God, when we ask for forgiveness, He is righteous to forgive and He puts our sins behind His back and remembers them no more. The warrior has to clear the path to experience God's unlimited power through prayer. God wants to do great things through your prayer. And we have three points that we are praying during this year of communion. It's so vitally important. Please try to remember this when you pray. Lord, give me your presence. That when I pray for someone, they are engulfed in the power Of your presence. Lord, give me your righteousness so that the decisions that I make are correct, that I don't make decisions that aren't pleasing in your sight. Lord, give me your righteousness. Lord, give me your peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding through Christ Jesus. And then finally, you may want to add, Lord, give me the spirit of prayer. Jesus had the spirit of prayer on him. Moses had that same spirit. Elijah had that same spirit. Daniel had that same spirit. The disciples said, We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. He's talking to the warrior within you. The battlefield is in prayer. And when we learn to commune with the Lord, Through prayer, we fight the battle right there in our prayer place. Before Jesus ever laid hands on the sick, he prayed. Before he ever called Lazarus from the grave, he spoke to God. He prayed. Before he called forth any demon, Jesus was found in prayer. We find him rising up early, going to the temple, going alone to pray, Jesus fought the battle in prayer and then he stepped out in the multitude and then he stepped out to preach and then he laid hands on the sick. He fought the battle through prayer. He said he did nothing that he did not see the father doing whatever he saw the father do. That's what Jesus said that he did. Oh, my goodness. God is raising up spiritual warriors in the nation because revival is going to break out in this nation from one border to another. Praise God. God wants to awake the warrior within you. I'm Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven, teaching God's people to pray.
1: You've been listening to Valerie Sneed with Prayers Heard in Heaven. If you missed any of the program, listen next Sunday evening at 530. For more information about their weekly live prayer call, visit their website at prayersheardinheaven.org.